It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. There you go. It's John Massengale. That was Les Kaiser. How are you, Mr. Kaiser? Oh, man, I'm doing good. Been out at the uh, track, all the Circuit of the Americas track, when I say that around here. Out there all weekend, having a good time. SVRA, Formula 4, Formula 3, Trans Am, 1 and 2. I know. It was pretty amazing. And that's where our friend Jonathan Green is because he is not joining us tonight because he was the commentator for most of that all weekend. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he could say that anymore. He, That guy and Adam Andretti was on and and all the usual others that uh, we see out around there. Really, uh, yeah, they did great. It was a lot of fun. There was some seriously good racing. And, you know, my favorite were the nostalgic racers. I know. SVRA is so cool to go see all those cars. Man, I forget it's awesome. what the count. I think somebody said around 700 cars <laughs> there this weekend. All on track together? Yeah. Cats and dogs. <laughs> well, But the A, to give you a perspective, you know, lot A was nearly full. And I will say it was like a support paddock. half of that was a support paddock. All of the primary paddock immediately behind the garages was full. And then the secondary f- paddock was quite full as well. Plus, there was a car show over in the uh, amphitheater on uh, Saturday. And <laughs> so there was a lot going on. Folks wearing every brand and flavor of shirt you can imagine for the teams. Well, it was while, so cool. While you were out strutting around Coda, being the mayor, kissing babies, signing autographs, I was I at home. did not kiss that baby. <laughs> I was at home watching the Las Vegas F1 party on YouTube and that. MotoGP, NASCAR, a little bit of everything. In fact, we're going to talk about all of that tonight. Oof. And we're going to talk, and our, our special guest tonight is the new, the 2022 FR Americas, the Formula Regional Americas champion, yeah. Raul Hyman. And Jonathan caught up with him for us because he was out there calling his race. And he has some amazing news, actually. I'm really excited about this because he has a massive scholarship that he won because he won the Formula Regional Americas championship this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. That's a big deal. I mean, that's, as you it's know, a career it's a, you called it level. F3, which is correct, but it's yeah. The, yeah, that's what it is. It is. It's a, a career-changing scolarship by all means. It uh, He's earned it. And this kid is – actually, he's not so much of a kid as you might think in Formula right. Regionals. He's a little bit older, and his career was delayed a little bit by COVID. But he's got a fascinating story, and he's a really interesting, really thoughtful kid at 25 or 6. Now, I'm don't not you sure. love it that more and more of these younger drivers are really showing the maturity that we used to not see until, it's you know, a amazing. decade later? It's it is amazing. It's it's really incredible. All the all these young guys they're just and gals, they're just amazing. So, uh we had the MotoGP season decider. Really excited to talk about that. And the NASCAR Somebody named season Vito was blowing up my <laughs> my phone today that was great the guys at ducati austin included us on their entire company text trail getting excited about ducati winning for the first time in 15 we were too. years well that you was... know we practically feel like family not only with ducati austin but the motor gp team and and all of those gg and uh paulo and all the crowd over yep. there it's always it it is almost like homecoming when they well, come to town we have lots of formula one to talk about we're going to talk about the vegas launch party and i really wasn't excited about watching it but the longer i watched it i actually got into it, it was it was yeah. pretty cool there was a there was a few little nuggets in there that i want to talk about uh, but we're, we've got several formula one stories to talk about including a little bit about the silly season 
I've got a clip from Mick Schumacher. I think it might better that, be ugly this year. Well, yeah. I got a clip from Mick Schumacher that we, when we did an interview with him out at Coda when uh, Formula One was here, and it's something that I, you've heard before, right? But if you listen to it carefully, you'll hear some little nuggets in that. So you might have some that. context added. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not really. It's because nothing really has happened. No, no major yeah. developments have happened, obviously. But uh, but we got that clip, so we're going to talk about that. But. And several other stories in Formula One that I want to touch on. So, um, and, and we are going to talk a little NASCAR, and we're going to talk some details about why we don't talk much NASCAR tonight, too, because we don't normally. We're yeah, consumed true. with everything else. But well, now I jokingly say that you know we only talk about racing that turns left and right on purpose, and but NASCAR turns left and right right here in Austin. Yeah, they my do. Friend. They, they do. They, they, Glad I, to have them. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. They said. Yeah. All right, so let's talk the Formula One launch party because it was it was a pretty massive event, and they had a bunch of Formula One stars, and it was hosted by David Croft. Yep. And I searched for the girl's name that hosted it. I couldn't find who uh, she was, uh, yeah. but she did a great job, actually. She did. Uh, she did a real good job. I've been seeing her do spots on uh, F1 weekends, and uh, she is well-spoken. She knows the sport. Uh, she knows the drivers, obviously, and so that's really becoming uh, becoming you know well noted. And she did great presenting. Uh, yeah, well, the um, the launch party was basically just this big Vegas like craziness, right? It was as a, it should be. A, as it that's right. It was last night at 10 p.m. Austin time. So I guess that's uh, I, was it? Yeah, it was 10 p.m. Austin time. So 11 or 12 Vegas. What does yeah. that make it? Yeah, Midnight it Vegas, I think. And so. Uh, they had Hamilton and Russell driving a the the 2021 Formula One car. They also had Hamilton driving the safety car, the AMG. Yeah, that, the, with the uh, Russell side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they had Checo driving the 2011 Red Bull car. And if Casey, our producer, has that Twitter video up, I want to play this because I want everybody to hear the sound of a 2011. V8 revving to 18,000 RPMs because it Crank is awesome. <laughs> so, the only downside to that is all the people that have never seen a Formula One race are going to come out to yeah. the 2023 this race. Like what they showed us and say this is this is a bait and switch scenario going on. But okay. anyway, okay. But did you have fun watching? Those guys start doing donuts and all the F1 yeah. cars and everything. Okay, yes, somebody started picking on Hamilton for bumping the wall with one of them, but so well, what? So did so did Russell. He came did that he? close too. But did you see what happened? Of course, Hamilton did a giant smoky burnout. I mean, like yeah. where you couldn't even see the car. Yeah, and and I didn't know what had happened, and the smoke cleared, and he was parked because he was right. He said he didn't hit the wall, but. I, I know, couldn't tell, but he was right up against the wall. He said he lost funny. where he was because the smoke covered up, and he couldn't see the buildings anymore, and so he just stopped. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't well, believe it. He was it, but, pretty know. close when he stopped. Yeah, he was. But I'm going to say, you know, I saw a voting poll during that show, who did the best donuts. <laughs> oh, hands down in my book, Checo rocked it. It was so much fun. He, I swear the guy was dancing in the car at one point, both hands out of the car, the car still doing donuts, and he he looks like he's doing, I don't know, some kind of cool John Travolta move or something. It, it was pretty good. It was fantastic, actually, watching Checo. And yeah. 
that those that was a really good combination of drivers to bring to that because Hamilton being I mean darn near the face of the yeah. sport for the last seven eight years sure. and he was a great ambassador he was had a big smile on his face he looked really relaxed he looked like that he was really happy to be doing this you know you could easily see somebody let me um, guess he finished up and said i have the best fans here in the world no are the he best didn't, race he, oh he didn't do oh, that, he, he, that not the routine okay no he didn't he was he just had i mean he seemed like he was in, truly enjoying himself i'm teasing I did and, and he it. and uh, he uh, was he was you know waving out of the car and then uh at one point he was a passenger in the safety car and he was just waving and having a good time it and it really came off pretty good. And Crofty did a good job, and so did this 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 woman. I don't or can't don't know her name, but she did a great job. Um, I did I did laugh at one thing. They introduced them, and they had these big videos and right. this pomp and circumstance. And the introductory video for for Russell for George Russell was him crashing crashing oh, into Botas. Okay. I think it was Emla <laughs> last year. Oh no! And I was like, so did they just do a search for? B-roll video yeah, yeah, for no George kidding. Russell, and they, sh- and they showed him we crashing. Found lots of this video. It must be important. <laughs> uh, Andy P. on YouTube, Naomi Schiff. That's right. Thank you. She's Andy. the uh, uh, presenter and former F- uh, W Series driver. That's right, Andy. Thank you very much. And hey, everybody on YouTube, lots of howdies. And a good morning from Thailand, from TNW. Hey. Um, but yeah, she was great, and I thought the event came off pretty good. Did you guys like it? I mean, everybody listening right now, I thought it was. I yeah, thought I haven't. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I haven't got to talk to my buddies that are there in Vegas, uh, but I will say, uh, here a couple of weeks ago when we did speak, they said, "Okay, Vegas has now woken up to Formula One," because okay. you know it it hadn't been a couple of months ago. They're like, hadn't heard a thing about it. Hadn't mm-hmm. heard a thing about it. You know, we know it, but nobody else seems to know it, kind of thing. And so uh, I'm really interested to see what happens. You know, now I, I am hearing that many of the hotels are sold out, and those that aren't are, you know, crazy astronomical pricing. And so, uh, you know, I can't stress enough, get your rooms now. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, the park start your, in start your the savings account, too. <laughs> yeah. Man, I was looking at some of the ticket prices, and um, we may get into that a little bit, too, but but – but it went off really, really well. There's a couple things. Um, oh, I did. Did you happen to see the lap time? They they did a uh, with Naomi on the simulator, and they let her do the whole circuit, and yeah. she did a pretty good job. That's what I heard. Clearly, she had been practicing because yeah. I guarantee you, I, anybody if they just stepped into that wouldn't have done as good as she did. I did hear about that, and I and I thought that was cool. But um, I wrote it down. It was a minute forty one seventy two, and if and if you com- like compare Dakota, that's. I know this is crazy that we're even talking about that, but it, it, but you know it's something. It's a starting point. We're it's all something. we're all yeah. you know starving for some tidbit on this. Yeah, but it was a minute forty one, so I thought that was that was fun. Um, I know, was watching I was watching George Russell when he was coming down the straight. At one point, you know, they did a bunch of straights on the on the Vegas Strip. It was right. just amazing. And I think I know Hamilton's car was lit up with neon underneath, which looked cool at night. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're probably going to do that for the race, but uh, I don't know. It, it actually, well, yeah. You know, I mean, these cars, were obvi- these cars were obviously higher off the ground for one. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and yeah, then the that, last that year's car, I think it was a twenty-one car. If anybody knows different, let me know. But I think it was a twenty-one car. The first thing I noticed, it had did have big side pods. I went, aha! So this is not, yeah, clearly not this year's car. Yeah, they but, won't do that. But yeah, it was. Uh, I was sitting there watching, but watching Russell come down the straight, 
And I noticed he was burning the tires going down the straight, but he was also had his front right locked up. I wonder if he was playing with almost like a line lock yeah. for drag racing. I was wondering yeah. if he was playing with the brake bias so he could burn out going going. down the straight. But probably the, so. But yeah, it was pretty. That was pretty cool. In that all of, all in all, I mean, I would have loved to have been there. That yeah. was a that was a great event. Uh, the crowds that were lining the streets, uh, they looked totally enthusiastic. There's a lot of cool <laughs> video out there. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, attendees, just I mean, folks out there with their phones videotaping, have some really cool videos. But you know, you started to say something about the pricing. Well, yeah, things are way expensive. Compounding being in Vegas, but the one that uh, somebody sent me was, can you believe this? Twenty five hundred dollars for three days. You know, for a three day ticket. Well, I dug into that particular one more so, and it's a grandstand ticket. Three days, all your food and non-alcoholic beverages are included. Mm. So, you know, realize don't don't compare it apples to apples. This is uh, some different packages, but yeah, they're pricey. Uh, before we go to break, I do want to bring up some a uh, couple of not really horrible news. Uh, we had a couple of people in our in our sphere of motorsports pass away. Mauro Forgari, the Ferrari. I mean. Ferrari technical guy turned technical director, uh, and he was active many decades ago, but he passed away. And I mean, Ferrari's history would not be him; would not be anywhere without him. He was he was eighty seven years old, and I, I absolutely wanted to mention him. And then, of course, the news we got today about Corey Gibbs that was just horrible. You know, son of Joe Gibbs. NASCAR team owner and Hall of Famer and uh, NFL Hall of Famer and father of an Xfinity champion, his son, who just won the race right uh, last night. I mean, yeah, Ty Gibbs. That, yeah, that was just, just I, I don't, I mean, clearly there's a lot more to this, and I don't, and, and of course the horrible, even worse, is that he died at 49, the same as his brother did just, I think, three years prior. Yeah. Like in 2019. It was just, it was horrible, but. Um, yeah, they, I didn't really. Uh, see any details over what it is, but uh, certainly I hope they check that out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know a family that has dealt with the same thing. Truly, within a year, lost a couple of their yeah, kids. Yeah, well, it was Corey Gibbs. He was 49 years old, and uh, rest in peace and prayers to his family. We'll be back after this. All right. M- mics are hot on YouTube. Oh, sorry. Mics are hot on YouTube. We're still figuring out. Yeah, leave your mic off. There you go. We're, we're figuring out a brand new system, and we're hot on YouTube for you guys. Uh, let me see who's out there. What do you say, TW? You got a new one. The average Joe can't afford to race tickets in room. What's it going to cost for two to three days? 5K plus? Yeah. I'm afraid so. I'm afraid I'm afraid you're right, TNW. Uh, hey, TW, by the way, I saw your email come into info. You were asking whether or not we were going to do what we're going to do at the USGP. I saw it yesterday. So <laughs> we get so much spam. I've, I've got to fix our website because we get, I mean, I bet we get now, for some reason, all of a sudden, right before the USGP, you started getting like 30 or 40 emails to the website spam a day. It was crazy. Um, but you know what? I mean, I don't know. What are, Les, did you see what, what uh, general admission tickets are? I think uh, I saw stated. I didn't actually see the link, but I think it was around $1,000. For a three-day general admission. And the general admission were also extremely small areas of general admission. 
Yeah. Is what, and like I said, and this was in a forum, so I'm not going to, I don't have links to share, but. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're going to talk a little NASCAR, which is something we don't normally do. And I wanted to say why. We haven't said this in a, in a few years, probably. And one, we are so focused on Formula One because we do the Formula One pre and post shows on national radio. So uh, we're consumed by it. And it didn't come to Coda, where we live here in Austin, yeah. until recently. What? We've had two races now. And um, it's not because we don't, we hate NASCAR or something. No, we just, honestly, we just don't have time. We don't have time to fit. I, I want to be the best we can be on Formula One, number one, because that's our biggest responsibility. And we just don't have time to stay on top of it. But um, I wanted to talk two NASCAR stories. Number one, because uh, the championship wrapped up today. The Cup Series championship. Joey Logano, apparently, I watched a, a bit of it today. Sure. Uh, had a pretty dominating race today, which was fun to see. But the, the big story I want to talk about, because it happened right before, I think, I know what it was. It was, we didn't get to talk about it because we were doing Formula One. But last right. weekend, when Ross Chastain did the craziest, coolest video game move ever in the history of all motorsports, when he gassed it. I can't argue that point. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I can't think of one. I'm being a little flippant here. No, it, it um, was. Wicked cool. But it was amazing. And, of course, what he said was is that he used to watch, he used to do that on his GameCube. And did you see the stats? I, I found someone who, that did some stats. He was 50 miles an hour faster than the other cars. Right. And he pulled 5.2 Gs in a NASCAR cup car. I mean, that's, that. <laughs> they said, I just saw in Formula One at, the, the highest of the season is 6Gs at turn – it was back on the S's at Coda. It was 6Gs. Right. So this this cup car was pulling more Gs than you typically okay. see Using in a Formula a 1 Using a different car. approach in technology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you know, and so if y'all don't know what we're talking about, I mean, the short version is – They have to know. If they're yeah, breathing – You've got to know, but you got to see the video. And I know some of you probably heard the news elsewhere. But anyway, <laughs> he goes up against – the outside wall of the curve and just pins the throttle staying against the wall running around. But what was amazing is, uh, is how little damage to the car there was yeah. when it was done. Now, you know, the, you know, two thirds of that curve was scraped on the outside and now is probably going to be, you know, to me, that is going to be the uh, topic. So you willfully <laughs> made contact with the safer barriers damaging them because that they are a service item or replacement. So then the track promoter has to invest yeah. in that to bring it back to the spec it was before the race. And I'm not talking just visually cosmetics, whatever, but truly the structural part of it. I have not seen anything follow up, but there's been rumors that NASCAR may ha address that through fines and penalties uh, related to the amount of damage done to the wall. Well, of course, that's the first thing we all thought. Okay, that's the last time we'll ever see that. They'll change the rule on Monday. <laughs> but uh, the only thing that I've seen so far, and again, I'm, we're not NASCAR experts, but is this experts. story that said NASCAR officials don't plan on changing the rule after Ross Chastain's wall ride at Martinsville. So I don't know. That could, mm. could easily be. 
I can't I can't believe that they wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So. No, but you know what I'm thinking it's going to change now? At least it would in my garage. We're going to change the shape of our car just slightly <laughs> to keep the nose from burying into the wall. Should we have that opportunity, we'll scrub, you know, have, have like, you know, the rock sliders. You know, mm. the, our off-road buddies have these rock sliders to keep it from tearing up the body and all that. You know, when they slide across a rock, well, you know, we're going to put wall sliders on a NASCAR now so that you can skate along the the wall. Well, I, all I know is that was the funnest thing I have oh, seen I in a it. long time in motorsports. <laughs> it was really cool. And it was fun to watch him talk about it, how he just jammed it in the fifth gear and just, just pinned it, pinned it up <laughs> against the wall. And was the story about, I mean, the fact that he made it into the, the, the finals yeah. by doing that. I mean, and the, did you see him when he came out? He was going so fast, he rammed into the cars in front of him. It was, <laughs> I love it. It was sorry. It was really fun to watch. I'll have to say <laughs> it, it was it was a blast. So we will we will definitely be following that. So hey, let's talk some two wheel action. How about that? Moto GP. Ciao. Another decider today, and um, it was it was it was fun to watch because Bagnaya and Quattararo, your favorite. Oh yeah, your favorite rider. Uh, they were. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> uh, they went into the championship. All, really, all that had to happen was for uh, Quattararo, he had to win the race right. for a chance to win the championship. And Bagnaya, uh, the, the way he had to win it was Quattararo. Either you know, if he if he didn't win, he had to finish higher than fifteenth or something like that. So it was pretty, uh, you know, pretty much a given that Peko Bagnaya was going to win it. And it it was um, the race itself was it was good. It was a pretty good MotoGP race. Things that jumped out at me was at one point those two came together, and a piece of Pagnaya's bike came off, and I was like, "Oh great! So they're gonna just tiddly bits." Yeah, they're gonna destroy all the <laughs> the anticipation right here in about the third lap. But they they kept going, and it was really a pretty minor thing. But oh, man. but what a big deal for Ducati! Like we said, our our folks here at Ducati Austin who sponsored us for years, really since day one, ten oh, yeah. years now. Yeah, they're one of our. Yeah, and it was fun, but they were texting us. But it was the first rider title in 15 years for Ducati since 2007. Wow. Yeah. And a uh, big number for the first Italian. Yeah. What yep. was that? That was... that was the first Italian rider to win since Valentino Rossi in 09. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. That, that's, that, that surprised me a little bit. Um, and, and going back to Bagnaia, though, it was cool because – uh, at one point in the season, it was after, right after the Saxon ring where he had crashed out and he was in a miserable shape. He was 100 points down, and they quoted him. They showed a clip on the broadcast today, and he said, well, it looks it's impossible now to win the championship. And then he went to win four straight and built up this big lead. It was really a fantastic comeback, one of the biggest, I think, ever in, in MotoGP history. So that was cool. Um, it was 170,000 people at Valencia, too. So. And Mark Marquez slid out of the race, uh, turn eight with 18 to go. So he's still not quite up to form. Yeah, that's interesting. I I find that amazing how far he's come off. But, man, that, that poor guy was broken up ten ways to Sunday. Yeah, he was lucky to be on a bike again. And, I, you know, I was looking at – I'm going to have to do this off the top of my head, but I was looking at the all-time stats. You know, there's a couple of those historic names from way back in the day – but of course, Valentino Rossi way up there, and uh, with like a hundred and like a hundred and ten wins or something like right. that. 
And Marquez has 95. I'd forgotten how close he was to catching oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Valentino Rossi. And I think the reason I forgot is because we all thought it was a foregone con- conclusion that Marquez was going to catch Rossi and, you know, and pass him. But he's had so many injuries and has has had all that trouble. So, um, you know, it's it's no longer a foregone conclusion. He's got to win 15 races to catch him now. Right. So, but I just thought that was a good stat. Yeah, that'll be a tough one to, to make up for. All right, well, let's uh, let's get a break in, gentlemen. When we come back, uh, we're going to have our, our interview that we did, uh, but we're also going to talk lots more Formula One. There's a lot of stories we're going to touch on. So you're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City. Back after this. Oh, uh, and, jo- and uh, Joe at Oyster Bay on YouTube says, Chastain being the one to go edge out Hamlet after the season they've had with each other was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, – I just know a little bit about the uh, – of their animosity, but uh, but Yeah. Paul Bryan, of course, with his humor. Biggest problem with Vegas will not be the track configured late night start. It'll biggest problem will be the baseball cards from local hookers clogging air ducts on the <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, he's talking about their that's the way they used to advertise. I think they probably use yeah, an app that. now, Mr. Bryan. So uh, not that I know. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I was gonna say I don't. I promise Laura, do you know anything about this? <laughs> but hey, I, uh, I, I Sean out in San Diego says, Will Vegas be just like another Monaco, super expensive, difficult to observe the same, with the same logistics issues for the spectators and anyone else on the strip. You know, that um, huh. he may be onto something on there. Imagine, you know, the room costs have skyrocketed. The rooms might be the best place to view the race. Yeah. Hey, let me run down some of our stories, Les, and I'm going to let you guys on YouTube vote on. We've got a bunch that we put in here. Les wants to talk about this new possible female-backed uh, F1 backed female series. It's it's not in competition with the W series. It's Formula Four. I'm in a quandary over that. Yeah, oh, that's all right. Let's, let's, yeah. And we're gonna uh, uh, Magnussen and no problem with Hulkenberg. You put in yours. Mick right. Schumacher confident his no score in Mexico won't be a big factor. Um, I was gonna talk about Haas's new controversial non fungible token sponsor. Um, F1 profits continue to soar. Uh, what else? What else? Um, oh, Latifi, oh. possible IndyCar move. One more race in the Americas. Oh, yeah, has yeah. Has been brought up. Well, we, Besides all, we all know the vote on that. All right, here we go. Turning my own mic on. This Hello time. to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, before we go to this interview, um, and the interviews with... Formula Regionals champion Raul Hyman. Uh, I just want to, when Gunther came back on, it reminded me, it's like, we, we've done 10 years now, which we've celebrated a lot. It's funny, Coda's 10th anniversary, so was ours. Yep. And we were on before Coda was on. We were on before Coda was on. That's true. We, were, we went Formula live March Expo. of 2012, and our first radio show was the Formula Expo at the uh, convention center at Austin. And most people probably have no idea what we're talking about. It was just really cool. Well, even then, many people couldn't spell F1. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but it's just fun being out at Coda again, getting a bunch of interviews, oh, sitting yeah. with the guys. I think my favorite interview of all those was Valtteri Botas. Just, oh, I don't just know, this weekend? Yeah, or, uh, you know, at this USGP. Time? It was, I mean, Gunther, it's hard to say that when you interview Gunther because it, it's always an amazing event with Gunther. Well, it, to be, somebody asked me, it was like, okay, how much of that, you know, is any of that scripted, did I think? And I said, no. I said, honestly, I think part of it is 
we've come to know Gunther and we're not going to, you know, we're not one of the gotcha groups that tries to get something and he's real relaxed and he'll just, you know, spill the beans if he wants and tell us, how, you know, he'll hug the whole paddock. I mean, <laughs> I would have fucked uh, the whole paddock. <laughs> there you go. Y'all too. Did not team up on that. I will let you know. The producer and Les did not, or maybe he was already <laughs> reading ahead of the crowd there. There you go. Uh, well, anyway, we had a blast again. It was so much fun. Well, and and so we talked. And some of the stuff that y'all didn't get to hear, I don't think, was uh, we got to talk to him before things got rolling. And we talked about his gravel bike racing oh, and yeah. mountain biking house. and all that kind of thing. And uh, I invited him out the following Thursday night to go mountain bike riding and end up at a favorite brewery. And, uh, unfortunately he had to leave Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go to this interview. And this is the 2022 champion for the formula regional Americas F3 series. And he just wrapped up the championship right here at Coda where you were all weekend, you and Jonathan. And, uh, he has some really fantastic news about what, not only the championship, but what happens after that. Here we go. Well, I'm sitting here talking to the new 2022 FR champion of the United States. Raul Hyman, we've known each other a couple of years, but uh, it's no surprise you've won all the races pretty much. But um, what a dream come true. Yeah, truly. I mean, it's a huge uh, answer to prayer. I mean, this is something that we've been praying about for years now. I mean, firstly, to be back in a car after having that long layoff during the pandemic, it was two and a half years before I even sat in a car. Um, to be back, to be winning races, I mean, we won 11 out of, I think, 18, um, you know, we had podiums in every race besides the two where we had failures on the car. So, I mean, I'm just I'm just so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to have been able to win the championship, to be part of the uh, amazing team that is TJ Speed, which have just given me everything I needed. And again, to have this answer to prayer, is, is it's a huge testimony for me and it's, it's faith building. So I'm, I'm really just grateful. More importantly, you've got an amazing offer from Honda to extend your career now. And I, I mean, around the world there's not often these opportunities come about yeah tell us what it is i mean look when the the scholarship was announced i knew that this was something I, I needed to you know seriously consider and try and be a part of um i i knew that if i was to be able to come back uh, and, and go into racing again uh, after having a two and a half year layoff there needed to be something at the end if i was able to win because we don't really have the the funding to be able to just fund our way all, all the way to the top or into a you know professional seat in single seaters so i needed to to have some sort of um not, not a carrot but like you know something at the end of the season that i needed to work towards you know obviously everyone has the same opportunity in the championship to try and win the scholarship but as long as i could position myself in the right way and i could win the scholarship i knew i could extend my career by you know another year and give myself a shot so that was the main reason as to why i came to the championship uh, and I'm really glad that, uh, you know, Honda have had this initiative. Uh, I'm glad that I've been able to come and um, compete in this championship and now to obviously be able to be the recipient of the scholarship. That's a, it's a pretty awesome feeling. And what do you know about Super Formula? I mean, Formula Nippon, as it used to be called, but a, a very prestigious championship that has seen the likes of Pat Ward, yep. uh, Pierre Gasly, you name it. I mean, some really great drivers have come out of Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a championship that I've followed for a couple of years now. I mean, uh, they're the fastest cars in the world outside of F1. Uh, I mean, I was looking to go race in Japan uh, in Super Formula Lights, the F3 championship out there in 2020. But then obviously when the pandemic hit, there was a few different things like the travel restrictions um, and so on that just didn't allow me to go and take that opportunity. And then it was just we didn't have the, you know, the opportunity to go back there in that, in that period. So when the scholarship was announced to go 
you know, for this year, if I could win the championship, that was what we wanted to do. But I mean, for the championship itself, it looks pretty amazing. The the innovation on that side of the world is is I mean, it's it's really high high level. I mean, it's a championship where there's manufacturers competing against each other. I mean, it's the home of a lot of the tire manufacturers like Yokohama, Bridgestone, and so on. So I mean, it's really an exciting proposition. It's a, an amazing championship. And to be part of a brand like Honda, going out to represent them and have their support uh, in the championship, it's really a dream come true. We first met back in uh, New yeah. Zealand at the yeah. Toyota Racing Series. How much have you grown as a racing driver, pandemic or no pandemic, since then? I would say quite a lot. I mean, um, I think I've grown as a person in, in the time in between. So actually, whilst the years out of the car have been a huge struggle, you know, personally, I think in that time I've managed to mature, well not managed, I've been able to mature, you know, thank God, and learn a couple of lessons myself. I'm more mature in the car now, calmer. I think uh, my, my work ethic is better, the uh, understanding of the, the dynamics of the car and just my own performance is better as well. And that's really given me confidence to come into the championship this year. And then, of course, being out of the car, there's a few things that you, you, know, you can't really develop. Um, but this year I've been able to, to really focus on those things with greater awareness of myself how I needed to improve, uh, what I needed to do to improve. And I've had an amazing team of people around me that allowed me to do that and, and make those steps forward. So I think, yes, I have grown as a driver since then. I mean, it was only the last year that I raced before this year, but it, it was a few more years in between. So um, I'm, I'm glad to have seen the progression and I'm really hoping that I can continue that. Uh, how important forward. was that series to you? Because I'm sure the, the headlines will now go around the world that you're heading to Japan. But um, as, a, as a sort of graduate from TRS, um, do you thank you for your time there? Definitely. I mean, I think every championship that you go to, every car that you drive, every different engineer or team that you work with is beneficial because you learn something new about them, about yourself, about different types of cars and how they behave. And I think TRS, the, the one thing there is that it's it's five weeks straight. So you're fully immersed in the, in, it's like one long race weekend, basically. I mean, it's a championship, but you're there for five weeks. You know, you've never gone home. You don't really have time to reset. And to be immersed in motorsport for that long uh, at a competitive level, that's always beneficial. So I think that will obviously have helped. Uh, you know, it's always hard to quantify how much, but you know, a lot of the time you look back and you realize how far you've come. I'm sure TRS was a part of that as well. And finally, ironically, there's a young man from here in Austin uh, going over there to, to work with Giles Motorsport, as you did all those years ago. Uh, his name is uh, Ryan Sheehan. Um, what advice or, or, or do you think he's in the right place at the right time? I think it's a great championship. Uh, Giles is a good team as well. And uh, I think definitely to just go out there to take every opportunity that's there. I mean, the one thing about that championship is that you need to make sure you're at the front all the time. The DNFs really count because of the... Um, the the point system but um, I think it, because everything happens quite quickly in the five weeks you really need to try and be on top of your game at all times but I'm sure Ryan knows that he's a great driver I'm sure he, he's gonna be able to go there with his own game plan so I mean I'm not really in a position to give advice um, so I would just leave it to him I'm sure he has his own way of doing it finally on a personal note man, sky's the limit super formula I mean can you believe this yeah I mean it's it's pretty amazing as I said to we look back 10 months, I mean, at the start of the year, I didn't know what I was doing, uh, as in in terms of racing. And we didn't have a seat, we didn't have an opportunity. And to be here now, I mean, it, it's just, I'm over the moon, I'm grateful to God, and just, I'm, I'm so grateful to all the people that supported me, like my parents, my family, my friends as well. And of course, the team that, that you know, made it possible in the sense of the support that they gave me, uh, engineering and, and generally as well. And then of course, uh, the championship, Formula Regional Americas, it's a great championship. I was. Uh, I'm a proud recipient of the uh, 
Pirella Powering Diversity Scholarship as well, which was um, you know beneficial for me to be able to come and race here. And um, yeah, as I say, I mean it's hard to believe it hasn't really sunk in. Maybe on the cooldown lap in the last race, but uh, I still think that it's still yet to sink in. But uh, I'm really grateful to be here. Well, congratulations. We'll be watching you next year. Thank you. This is such a huge deal, and I want to. I have something I want to get yeah. into, but I know you have some comments. Yeah, too. well, it is. And if you haven't heard of this before, I mean, you know, from the legendary years to now, you've got Michael Schumacher. You know, came through there. His brother Roth, and you know, even recently, you've got uh, Pierre Gasly and Stoffel Van Dorn in Super Formula. In Super Formula, yeah. and so this is absolutely a stepping stone towards F one for these guys, uh, and. You know, those that are really sharp on it and, and look at what the those folks ahead of them did, this is one of them. And so it's huge to be sponsored into it or scholarshiped into it. And I hope you guys and gals like these interviews with these young drivers because we've had some uh, we had some young drivers back in the past. You might have heard of them. Uh, uh, Lando Norris. Um, who yep. else we have? Uh, Lance Stroll. Yep. Alexander Rossi. We've Checo seen all these Perez. Anyway. Yeah, these I, guys I, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's pretty cool to get these guys on the way up because it, you know didn't watch their career. But the first thing I thought of when I was thinking about Super Formula after, you know, the prestige of the people who've come through it are, I thought, okay, how does the world see it? And how do, the and the way to measure that, I thought, what's one way to measure that? Super license points. So yeah. I looked it up and Super Formula is on par Actually, in fourth position, same as IndyCar. Ooh. Now, if you think about it, if you look at the speed of cars, um, you could argue. I was. I don't. I don't know if there's been apples to apples anywhere like we have had at Coda, where we right. had Indy cars and Formula One cars. But um, I thought Super Formula may be the second fastest car to Formula One cars, but I don't know that for sure. But as far as the super license points go. It's close to – it's less than Indy on first position. Indy's 40 points. Super Formula's 25. And then in between those two, you've got FIA, FIA Formula 3, Formula E, and World Endurance Hypercar all at 30 points for a first position. Right. And Super Formula and Formula Regional European in the same class. Well, so I think it goes to show uh, Sorry, that, the same points as right. first position. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, the more I get to speak to other folks about, you know, why don't we have American drivers in, in Formula One and, you know, where are there American drivers? And it's like, well, honestly, a lot of them are not aware of these other series and to go there or it takes substantial money to go there, things like that. I mean, it's it's not something you can just show up and walk in and play a pickup well, game in the park with. Yeah, and, and he's going to have a heck of a resume because oh, he's yeah. done like, you know, Tory Racing Series, that's a box you tick. Yeah. But champion of a Formula Regional in the, in the Americas, that's a good one. And depending on what he does in Super Formula, uh, how old is he? I forgot to, to uh, look that uh, up earlier. I want to say like around 25. I but, think you're right. Yeah. But, um, but that's a heck of a resume to to do whatever he wants, you know. I mean, look at Nick DeVries. He's 27, right? Coming, exactly. Landing back in Formula One, you never know. But, I, you know, I don't want to predict anything here. But it's just – I just thought it was a – it was great it, because it happened right here in Austin. He it, won the championship here. Jonathan was right there, so I thought that's... It's what it takes nowadays to get there. You yep. can't just rely on domestic soil races here in North America. It's just not going to get you there. Yeah, I agree uh, completely. I mean, I know uh, the Formula Regional Championship, which he just won, is in its fifth year in 2022. 
And let's not forget who all's come through there. Kyle Kirkwood, yep. uh, who was won the first one in 2018. Then Dakota Dickerson, a name you've probably heard. Linus Lundquist, who just won the Indy Lights Championship, came through Formula Regionals. And that was in 2020. And then Kiffin Simpson in 2021. So there's been some pretty amazing yeah. names that have come. This is This series is building quite the reputation now. You know, it's... Uh, you know, I don't know. Prestige-wise, I'd like to compare that to Indy Lights side-by-side. Side. Right. Uh, we don't have enough time for that. But anyway, Formula Regionals, who just wrapped up their season here, along with Formula 4. Our our local kid, uh, Ryan Sheehan, did not win the championship. He was It was a crazy long shot, but he's going down to Toyota, so that'll be fun to see. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have that interview that we did with Mick Schumacher and some other Formula 1 stories. Here's Sunday night with Speed City, back after this. All right, YouTubers, do you guys like these young driver interviews? Let us know. Uh, Andy P says it's very I close between Super Formula and F2, which is faster. Yeah, that sounds like right, Andy. audio track or something. Uh, says there isn't much direct comparison, but yeah, highest form in Japan, Asia for sure. Knew that. I just, I, I can tell. I knew that F2, IndyCar, Super Formula, you know, to me, those are, are very, very close. I'd like to see stats like G-Forces, Obviously, sure. lap times on the same circuit are the ultimate, yeah. but uh, it's hard to do that. So, so maybe we should get IndyCar to go to the Nurburgring. Yeah. No, we need to just have IndyCar come back to Coda. That's what we need. I, I am ready for that. And being out there today, oh, folks, seriously, this is one, you know, okay, yeah, we're all big into F1. But you know what? This is one of my favorite weekends oh, yeah. to be there because it's approachable. And, you know, the car owners are putting kids in cars and letting them sit in them, get pictures and all that kind of thing. It's Here a lot we go. of fun. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the <laughs> fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. Hey, and congrats to Jenny Gow. She got a big, prestigious European Broadcaster Award this week. Way oh, to go, gal. That's cool. I did not know that. All right, we're going to talk Mick Schumacher right now. Les, you dropped into our show doc about uh, he was confident in his no score in Mexico. That's not that doesn't, that doesn't <sighs> come on, pass Mick. the sniff test. Exactly. That was my point with that. Is you know good. we haven't talked about this at all. So okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> and that was exactly my point with that. Is uh, you know it, it's it's not important. I, no, I'm I'm afraid it is. You know, you keep not gaining points somewhere and go this long and you know there are other competitors in there that you know say what you will in as competitive or lesser competitive vehicles and they're collecting points you're not you're going to be standing there at the uh at the music without a chair at the <laughs> end of it you know that's just it the cakewalk is over you know i love the idea of schumacher being tied to haas I love the yeah, idea of Schumacher being ready. back in F1, but honestly, I don't feel like clip. it's delivered as we would expect. Sorry, did I not hit the talk back? Was I talking over you? I thought you were just whispering <laughs> in my ear. Sweet I was trying nuttings. to talk to the producer. Sorry. <laughs> we have uh, our new buttons that I haven't yeah, figured we, out yet. We're, we're still working. I'm looking for the reverb. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it is, uh, it's something else. I just don't feel like Mick has delivered as we expected out of, you know, yeah. All the opportunities that he's had with that last name he's got, 
all the preferential treatment, to be quite honest, that he's had uh, coming into the Ferrari Academy and all the Ferrari support that he's had. I know that's a pretty rough assessment, and I'm I'm not going to argue. Um, that, that's it hurts to say I know, that, but I, I'm right there going, ah, come and, on. And look, he's been fast. He's been fast. And so let's play this clip because he talks about what I just said. Let's hear from Mick Schumacher. Are you happy with the way you've progressed? Well, I, obviously, you can always argue um, I could have done something better. Uh, on the other hand, I feel like, yeah, I've progressed in the, in the way where I feel comfortable with it. Um, obviously, would have wanted to have more, more speed, more whatever. But on the other hand, it's Formula One, so you're never... You're only competing against a teammate, um, and I feel like we've, you know, we've had a great battle between each other. And uh, and in terms of races, I've I've always come out ahead. So um, on that side, I'm I'm quite happy. Obviously, I know what I can improve. Um, but yeah, it is only my second year in Formula One. We know that uh, most people say three years is kind of the, the the mark that you need to to become a complete or really settle into Formula One. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's uh, more to come. Would you like to do? Would you like to stay, or would you like to see if there's more options for you elsewhere? Well, I definitely want to stay in Formula One. That's for sure. But but here, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last question, of course. I'm happy where I'm at um, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at that point, yeah, Logan Sargent had been announced about 24 hours before that. Uh, but what I I I. I I just noticed that he was defending himself quite a bit there. And the one thing he didn't talk about, which I wouldn't if I were him either, is all the crashes. Because I know for sure. That, oh, they've got the dollars and dimes counted for that. Well, and I know for sure that Gene Haas has already commented on that. And that may have been the death knell. And mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it's a really tough one because how do you know, right? I mean, it's, he's, do you agree with his assessment that it's the third year? For a Formula One driver to really come into his own, that's a tough. I don't tough think one. so. I'd like to see the stats. I don't think on so. That. I would say, okay, the first year you're getting used to this car, they make some changes to the car, and y'all figure it out for the second year. And at least by the end of the second year, you ought to be there. And by the way, that was Thursday before the USGP right. when that interview was Thursday afternoon. So, uh, but okay, let me ask you this: What would you like to see happen with Haas? Well, I already put it out a few weeks ago. I'd like them to wind up with Daniel Ricardo. It'd probably take a garage sale price to get him, but he's already paid for all of 23. Yeah, I think that would be phenomenal yeah. for multiple reasons. Okay, the personality, we all love Daniel in the paddock. Uh, his maturity around the cars, he's well-spoken engineering-wise with his team members. But you know, Gene's he, already, I mean, Daniel's already said it. I'm done. He's he's Yeah, he's ready to show up in 24 and of course the rumors are that he's going to be sitting over at the mercedes garage doing reserve driver duties and what what better person to do all the things that come with that but um oh yeah it, it's you know he's a he's a marketing machine himself in yeah. a very different way in a very different approach than lewis hamilton is the same yeah did you so, see where he was today no daniel ricardo he was in new jersey he was at the the Bills Jets game at East Rutherford in uh, in New Jersey, and he was Why? he was rooting for the Bills apparently because the Bills retweeted or yeah uh, the Bills retweeted McLaren who had done a little Daniel Ricardo you know clip saying hey I'm at the Bills game so he was enjoying some American life which we know he does like to do yeah he really and it's does. just cool that the Bills 
are retweeting that. It's just more indicative of this massive growth that we're that we're seeing in the United States. Well, and you know, quite honestly, how many times have you seen, you know, NFL retweet, you know, professional baseball or anybody else? Yeah, that's true. You don't see cross pollination of these uh, the different sports. Speaking of that, I saw Formula One congratulate Pickle Bagnaya from MotoGP today. I thought that was kind of cool. But ah, well, you know that that was uh, they've done that more than once. Mission Winno, you know, was a common sponsor between Ferrari and Ducati ah, in nineteen. In nineteen, okay, that would make sense. But that, I mean, that's the Morris Williams uh, process improve the world situation. <laughs> Forget we're a tobacco company thing. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to Haas real quick. Nobody voted for or against this on uh, on YouTube, except for who was it? Bill Rickerson. NFTs are tulips. <laughs> How do you know? What are they? <laughs> tulips. Now, I actually I know just enough about NFTs to be dangerous. I know that they're you know a, typically a digital product that you can spend your money on or your bitcoins on if you have any. Not left. an energy drink. Not an energy drink. Okay. Right. Okay. And of course, the new sponsor for Haas. Uh, which is, uh, what's it called? Ocean, wait, I've, I've lost my story and I've already forgotten the name of them. But they, um, Open Sea is what I think it is. And they are Haas's new, uh, not, not the new big sponsor, of course, not the title sponsor right. in uh, MoneyGram, but but Open Sea is an NFT. In fact, I think they're the biggest one of them all. So um, I, I, I'm still somewhat mystified by these. NFTs. I mean, basically, it's it's anything, a unique image that can only be one of. No, well, it's it's one, anything. Something it's, you could you have a. Uh, I'm trying to. I have. I'm not. I'm selling my breath of hot air. Who wants? It? I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's it's reasonable, right? Uh, except you would have to. I say you would. I guess you could sell anything you want. But the point with all of this is that Haas is getting some backlash. And they don't need it. They've already had rich energy, and they've had Urakali, they've had yeah. Russian, and a crazy person in rich energy. They don't need any more backlash. And what the backlash is about is that NFTs are, they're just like cryptocurrency, where you have to mine them. And mining them means you use tons of computing <sighs> resources. The, the bigger the crypto that you're talking about, the bigger, the, the, the longer it's in existence, the more that it mines that you have to mine it, and the longer that that trail is, the more computing power it takes. So now to mine a Bitcoin, it takes, I don't know, how many watts and megawatts yeah. of energy. So they've become a anti-green thing, So, uh, which is understandable. So, I I mean, that's what's controversial about that, and I just thought that was a little bit interesting yeah. considering the Haas uh, track record in with sponsors. So uh, the other thing I want to mention was um, – I watched a real good video by The Race. They have a, a YouTube account. And they did a, a whole video on the new tire blanket controversy that's going on in Formula right. 1. How they're reducing the the tire blanket temperature. and temperature and supposedly going to take it away completely. But the test that we all sat through here in Austin, which was some of the most boring 90 minutes of commentary we yeah. ever had to do on a microphone live at Coda. But the... Uh, but the fact that they're trying to become more green, which the more this goes on, the more I like it. And I, I'm part of me because I want to see what they can do with some of these fuels to be carbon-free fuels or, or uh, you know, for keeping our internal combustion cars or hybrids or whatever going. But it was interesting to hear this video. If you get a minute, go watch it because it goes in like 15 minutes about it. 
but it talked about everything from just the, the rules in it, but how if if we did that, then it's no longer the undercut that we're watching for. It's the overcut that we're watching for. Right. Because the tire temperatures, but the drivers, Magnuson, uh, a couple others were like, I do not want this. I do not like it. We had a we had a perfect test in Austin. It was hot, or it was at least warm yeah. all the time. And um, and you saw how long it took those tires to get up to temperature. Yeah. And and unless Pirelli has some magic compound, which they very well could, but, well, yeah. the, I mean, but I they thought own that the recipes. Was in, they can come out with an extra chewy soft. That's tire. true, but but yeah, but then would it? In, in other words, is it possible to do a, a tire that that doesn't take as much warm up time? But and the whole idea with that again is being green. They apparently they the uh, last year you could keep those tire warmers at seventy degrees Celsius for three hours. Right. I mean, so they were literally saturating that that tire mm-hmm. all the way to the core. So it was and, it and was, the wheel they're on. Yeah, and, and the so wheel they're on. So that that that's right. That's some right. of them were. It's uh, a good point, physics wise. Messing with, uh, it's been several years ago. Some of them were messing with the tire warmer themselves, and getting the wheel to heat up more itself instead of it conducting through the rubber of the tire to the wheel. They were actually heating the wheel as yeah. part of it. Yeah, so that was a controversy in one of the series. Bill Ricker just commented, and that is exactly what I was trying to say, but he'd said it best. He said. But yeah, Haas needs their greenwashing least of all. That's really what uh, Haas does not need any more sponsor controversy at all. I'm with and, you. I mean, after we thought Rich Energy was bad until we had, oh, had a Russian oligarch who. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and it's just comical watching Nikita Mazepin. I said, I know I said I would never say his name. It's just comical if you want to go see the the idiocy of what he's saying out there now about how he's going to resurrect his Formula One career, and it's just comical. I mean, anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're inside a minute. So um, that only leaves what? Satan? <laughs> oh, sorry. No, Dana Carvey. There you go. Live. Very good. Our generation. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, hey thanks for tuning in, and I hope you guys liked um, the uh, my open mics on YouTube. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in oh, on yeah. the radio. Thanks to Casey for doing a great job of getting us all connected with all sorts of new buttons over here. And of course, next Sunday it's we'll be Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in action with Formula One and um, on our national radios. Go to speedcitybroadcast.com to find out all about how to listen to that. Follow us on social media. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Ciao, y'all.